You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 212, Does the Truth Still Matter? Jesus and Pontius Pilate. One of the most dramatic encounters in all of history is in the Gospel of John, and in just a minute, we're going to get into it. But first, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots is an in-depth look at 12 of the lesser-known characters in the New Testament. Now, maybe you're this person, or maybe you have a friend who's like this, but Whenever it's time to take a picture, they always want to hide in the background. They always want to kind of get out of the way. Well, these folks that we talk about in New Testament snapshots are those people. They're hiding in the background of the New Testament. There's not a lot written about them, but there's enough to give us a a real insight into their life and their ministry. There's also, in some cases... Uh, references outside the New Testament from the church fathers and, and in other places to give us some helpful insights on what kind of people they were. So check out New Testament snapshots. And I also want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning, Does the Truth Still Matter, is adapted from my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. It's taken from one of the chapters. And if you haven't read Reflections on the Resurrection, by all means, get it. Easter's coming up as I record this. And this is a great book to read going into Easter, but really any time of the year. So, Jesus and Pontius Pilate square off. Jesus has been brought before Pilate, and Pilate asked him, he says, So are you a king? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king, and you are right. I was born for that purpose, and I came to bring truth to the world. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And Pilate's answer, what is truth? Pilate asked. And you know that answer, what is truth? uh, That question has been really reverberating through the halls of history. Um, For centuries, this this question, what is truth, has, has been on people's lips. Even today, this idea of what is truth? Is it still important? And even a bigger question, is there an ultimate truth? Are questions that, um, whether normal people and philosophers, we all ask these questions. Every generation seems to rephrase it just a little bit differently, but the question remains the same. Can we know what the truth is? It's no surprise that today in our, our socially uh, uh, the social media, it's very, very heavy in our world today. And, you know, in this um, age of social media, one of the most popular hashtags is fake news. And we use it as a joke. You know, our friend will say something we know is not true, and we'll tag him fake news. 
and, and that's cool. But the reason that hashtag exists is because so many stories were being published by major, major news outlets that were blatantly false. In some cases, the stories had been completely made up, and yet they were presented as true. In other cases, the, there were, there were uh, fragments of facts, but yet the reporters didn't do their, do their due diligence, or they twisted the facts according to their own narrative. And so that's where the term fake news came from. And I was a cop for 30 years. I know of several of my reports that by the time a reporter got them and it made it to the local newspaper or to um, one of the local news outlets, a TV station or radio station, the report had been changed um, and the facts twisted to fit their narrative. I saw it on several occasions in cases that I was involved in. So it happens. But does the truth still matter? Is it important? Is it important that we get it right? And is there an ultimate truth? You know, when we read, God's, when we read John's gospel, John was very, very concerned with this idea of truth. Um, he said that the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And it becomes very clear early on in John's gospel that for, for him, truth was personified in Jesus. And Jesus uses this word over and over again. When, when Jesus was having the conversation with the woman at the well in John chapter 4, he said that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Isn't that interesting that God links worship with truth? And I think what we're seeing here is God saying that we can't worship God, we can't just worship him however we want to. Um, there's, you know, God, God expects us to worship him in truth, in the right way. And you know, this is a very important concept, and this is even a more important concept when we talk a few minutes about, you know, are there multiple ways to God? But worship him in spirit and in truth. And then Jesus says later, he's talking to a group of religious leaders, those who were supposed to be getting it right, but they weren't. They had twisted the facts. They were making um, what should be an easy process in connecting to God, they were making it much more difficult than it should. And they, Jesus said, you are children of your father, the devil. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. But then we get to John 14, 6, and we find really the, the clearest declaration of Jesus as the ultimate truth. It's in this verse where Jesus says, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, that is one of those verses that if you're not a person of faith, it can be very offensive. It's one of those verses that's really caused many, many non-Christians to condemn Christianity as exclusive and judgmental. Jesus makes the claim here that he's the only way to God. How dare he do that? Aren't there multiple ways to God? Um, you know, and, and this is what Jesus said. We've got to take it up with him. Christians have believed this for over 2,000 years. And, you know, and we've all had the conversations with people, and we've heard people say, look, it doesn't really matter what you believe. As long as you're sincere, we're all going to end up in the same place. 
Well, that's not what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this kind of takes us back to where he said earlier, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. If we're going to worship God, we have to know him. And to know him, we can only um, come to him through Jesus. And if this is exclusive, if this is comes across as judgmental, that's not the intent. I'm just glad that there is a way to God. Now, the fair question comes, you know, I don't really believe the Bible. I don't really believe that Jesus was who he said he was. What gives him the right, what gives him the authority to make such outlandish claims? Who is Jesus to say that he's the only correct way to God? And this is a fair question. And if Jesus was just a man, really he would have no right to say that. But we, as Christians, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And as the Son of God, he does have the right to make that claim. But you say, I don't believe he was the son of God. I believe he was just a prophet. I believe he was a mere man. I believe he was just like any other Jewish man in the first century. Fair enough. If you don't accept his authority and you don't accept the authority of his words, what does give Jesus the right to make this claim that he is the only way to God? Well, I think we have an answer. Um, This is being recorded right before Easter. And Easter celebrates the most important day in history because it commemorates the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And this wasn't a spiritual resurrection. It wasn't Jesus just being raised up in spirit and going back up into heaven. Jesus was physically, bodily raised from the dead. His disciples hung out with him for 40 days. They ate, they drank, they spent time together. And then ultimately he said, guys, I'm going back to heaven. It's your job now. He released the work to them. He gave them the Holy Spirit and he ascended to heaven. And, you know, there's a lot of evidence for the resurrection. You'd have to read a little little bit more in the book, Reflections on the Resurrection. I get into the different arguments against it and for it. But really, it's, it's enough For this discussion, if we're talking about the truth, the bodily resurrection of Jesus gave him the authority to make the claim that he was the only way to God. Paul said, the Apostle Paul said, that Jesus was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. Pastor Andy Stanley says, if the guy who predicted his own death and resurrection tells me that he's the only way to God, I'm going to believe him. That's good. That sounds like pretty good advice to me as well. Jesus came, died, buried, resurrected. This is the man who said that he was the only way to God. So it's worth looking at the evidence before we dismiss this, that Jesus had no authority to make these claims. Um, if he rose from the dead, he has all authority to make these claims because he said, in the same way that I left, I'm coming back. So this is something worth looking at. In the bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead, God added the exclamation point to to every claim that Jesus ever made about being one with God, about 
having the nature of God inside of him about being both God and man. Um, and, you know, many don't accept, accept the historicity of the Bible. That's fine. Um, they don't accept the historicity of the, the resurrection. That's fine. But for Christians, the resurrection is the central tenet of Christianity. And really, without the resurrection, Christianity crumbles like a house of cards. In raising Jesus from the dead, God declared to the world that Jesus was truth personified. When Pilate asked, he said, he said, what is truth? What is truth? The answer to his own question was standing right in front of him. Sadly, in Jesus' day and in every generation since, and our generation included, many sincere people, very sincere people, have looked right past Jesus in their efforts to find the truth. Nothing has changed, though, and Jesus is still the truth who sets us free. Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. What do you think? Is there an ultimate universal truth? And if there is, how does that affect the way you live? How could have a better under, having a better understanding of, of an eternal truth change someone's world view? Let me know what you think. Go to davidspell.com. Leave your question or comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, thanks for being with me, friends. And uh, next week will be right after Easter. So for those of you that are listening this week, happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to keep seeking the truth.